All right, so I'm here with Ms. Pauline. Ms. Pauline, will you introduce yourself? Certainly, my name is Pauline Charles. I live in Dolly Park, I'm the president here. I'm 62 years old and I've been in the community over 40 years. Great, and um, when did you first become aware of COVID and what are your thoughts on how your experience has been over the last two years? Well, actually, Right before they introduced COVID or was talking about COVID, I was extremely sick. And it just felt more like more like it was something more than the flu. I mean, complete body aches, the shakes, the chills. And as time went on, I spoke to a few other people who said pretty much the same thing, believed that they had COVID before they start talking about it so much or during the big shutdown. Um, but when it it's actually COVID. It affects so many different people in different ways. Um, once they, you know, start closing down things and we're watching the prices of everything go up. And then you watch uh, families that was receiving food stamps. And it was just amazing to go into the market and watch how some people caught. You could pretty much tell who people are during the COVID time, just in the market. Um, um, they were getting double food stamps. The children were getting food stamps. So you would see people in the car running over. And then you would have uh, the working class people uh, would have you. And you could tell, automatically you could just tell, I don't know if you noticed it, but you could look at someone else's car and they would have five or six things that you're like, oh, they're paying with cash. Mm. And the person in back, I'm in front of a car could be running over. Um, so basically you watch that sort of thing occur. Um, and then you you just became a part of a distance. You couldn't communicate. You couldn't do family gatherings. We had two family um, reunions that we were supposed to have that we couldn't have. So it's been a long time, even now, since the even financially now, family can't seem to get together. Yeah, say more about that. So it sounds like you saw it's a different impacts on different groups of people based on absolutely yes uh uh, like just um, back again to the supermarket i mean you you've been of course and just seeing how the prices have went up tremendously so you see so of course once again i mean you could tell i'm in the market with the in the express line because i only have six items where if you look at over to my left their carts running over because you know, these folks have food stamps, which makes all the difference. Then it's like, I went to Sam Club this morning. We were actually looking at the prices of meats. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband's a steak eater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and literally the steaks are running 45, 50 bucks a pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, even looking at the meats in there, some of them look dark. They're so expensive. Mm-hmm. So people, they, they're sitting there and then probably go on sale, but it's definitely... I mean, you, as you know, like the price of chicken wings, how that is. I mean, it's really affecting people, just the price of food. Right. And yeah. um, which, I guess, people that already had access to food stamps um, continued to have food stamps? Yes, they continued to have food stamps. Um, and then they gave all, all the children, that the kids that had, um, that were school-aged children, they got their own cards with money on it. Oh. So you had, like, I mean, I've seen families that say, oh, I got $600 of food stamps this month, $900 worth of food stamps in one month. 
you know, because of their children all having cars. Now, that's fine, but here I am, um, basically on a fixed income, Mm -hmm. but just making $10 more, I'm not eligible for food stamps. So therefore, I can't afford to shop like them, even with the prices going up. I just have to buy um, really smart. I have to be very smart with my dollars. And now with with everything going on in the war, you can actually see that I don't see, as of today right now, I don't see things getting any better. And it's hard to believe that prices seem like it could even go even higher. And of course, we've got to be smarter without trips. I used to go visit my daughter. Um, It wouldn't be a thing. I mean, she's only two miles away from me, maybe two and a half miles. And it would be nothing to jump in the car and go up there but now my trip has to be smarter you know I have to like okay uh well I'll go up there today I can't run up there every day or twice a day like you know you see to see my little grandbaby and things like that because uh the price of gas I just seen a place on Hoffa Road 419. Uh so I guess let's go back a little to the beginning when you did Mm -hmm. start finding out about COVID um how did that impact you or your family or uh, your way of, you know, living? Oh, it really made a difference. Uh, My family are really a close-knit family, and we're so used to for gatherings and used to being together. Um, And it, and I think it almost, it would not think, it actually put a toll on the family thinking, you know, like, but can't go visit this one. My mother-in-law, is 84 years old and she lives in Annapolis and she would only we all love her dearly but she only had uh would let her sons in uh two of them really you know because she was just afraid to have people around her um she had two appointments that she had to go to the doctors and I mean literally the way she was covered up and just so scared of catching COVID or being around anyone with it um Mm. so Miss C, you know, I mean, it literally, it was over a year before we could actually go down for a visit. When they came out, um, I'm jumping around a little, but when they came out with the vaccination, uh, how did you feel about that? Were you, were you eager to get it? Were you hesitant? I don't know. I was actually hesitant. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, I, if you, you're aware that um, basically I had lupus, so... Um, um, actually, I was like afraid pretty much uh, to get it. I didn't know how it would affect me with lupus, but uh, so but my my doctor was actually afraid for her patients uh, not to get it. She was like how important it was that we did get them because um, it would you know protect out you know help with the lungs and things like that. If if we wanted to get it, we had a better chance of fighting it off. And as I thought about it and prayed on it and to the moment of getting the shot, still praying that, you know, um, knowing that the father would keep us covered. And that, um, so I went on and got it done. I actually didn't have any trouble. And now I'm glad I had it done because I've looked at, um, I've heard so many different stories of people who haven't had it and, you know, and been extremely sick. So um, I'm glad I had it done. Do you... um have people in the neighborhood or your community or family that uh, are not uh, getting vaccinated? And how do you feel? I have um, 
an aunt, an uncle, and a cousin, all the same family. And actually, I'm, I don't know how I can forget to say this, my brother and my sister-in-law, and it's because of their Jehovah Witness and their religion that just doesn't allow them to get the shot, so. Do you talk to them about it or you're just like yes my brother and i we talk about it and my cousin who's like my little sister um and and surprisingly she she's a rn but she she's in uh private homes they actually so it doesn't require her to have it because she just goes in homes she's not actually in the hospital itself and i believe her parents would have gotten it i mean the doctors wanted them to but she pretty much convinced them you know that they shouldn't because of the religion and that sort of thing. So they didn't get them. So. But you trusted your doctor. So you you went with your doctor's yeah. recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. Um, so I know there's a lot of really hard things with COVID. Has there been anything um, positive that's come out of your the last few years or are there things that are you hopeful for moving forward? Uh, if I could be as truthful as I can, I'm always very hopeful. But at this point right now, it's actually, I'm, it's a sadness upon us. I mean, if you just look around and maybe when things or we get a break with what's going on around the world right now, you know, with the war and all these things that's going on, if we could get that to calm down. But right now, I'm just not, I, I'm actually sad. I'm sad for the country. I'm sad for the communities. I, I'm just not in a good place mentally uh, concerning the things that are going on. I, I just... I've never seen so many people. My neighbor and I sat outside on the porch and we said, where are all the children? Where there's nobody comes out front, sit on their porches anymore. We don't even, neighbors don't even communicate with one another anymore. Everybody just seemed to be so shut in or in their own little worlds. And then you watch how this drug scene is just getting larger and larger around the city and the shooting and the, all the bad things that are occurring. It's just, I, I don't, I just, I mean, I'm always praying, but we just, it's gonna take a group of us really pulling together to make a change in this city. And, you know, and I, and I could never get down on the mayor because it's, it's way too big for him. It's, it's gonna take more than him. So um, I'm just not in a happy place concerned. So I don't know, not, right, not at this point. I want to ask you, Miss Pauline, how do you think that you've changed and like, how do you notice um, how people around you have changed since COVID? Like how as a society do we function differently? Well, I'll give you a perfect example. I interact a lot with the youth in the neighborhood, especially the young males. And all of a sudden, within the last three to four months, I start seeing less and less of them. So after doing a little research, they're all locked up. They're either at Hickey or they're 18 and they're locked up. I have no young people that I can actually interact with right now. And I think that's what's really has put me in such a funk. I mean, I, I love these kids I, and it's, 
I, I love the I love my community. I love my children here, and they're not here. They what? put themselves in some really bad spots. Do you know why they've gotten arrested or locked up? Yeah, this uh, they actually if you were looking at the news and it was talking about the different car jackings and carjacks that were going on around the city and in Charles Village and different places. They were all part of that, and I guess they sat around and you know, watched them for a while and just came and did a clean sweep and took all my young men away. So they can't have any visits right now, um, you know, because of COVID. If one, I had one before that was there at Hickey and I would go visit two of them there, but can't do that anymore. So there are no visits. And then I got two that's 20 and 21 just turned 21 that I'm really, really concerned about. Um, he's 21, hanging with the, and I've been sharing with him, you, you're, old, you're too old to be running with these kids. And, um, but he's not really, I'm really afraid for him because he's not, um, nobody should be, but when I say he's not jail material, he, he's just not. Um, he's, you know, try to be tough out on the street, but if you know him, he's just really a sweet kid. So I'm really, really concerned about him. So not to make a direct connection, but do you think because of the hardships of COVID, um, the young people have, I don't know, gotten um, more involved in, I don't know, illegal stuff or like they weren't going to school anymore? I don't know. No school hasn't been going. No one, they're not going to school. And unfortunately, with these young kids, um, it's a book I read one time when common sense just isn't common. And I used to talk to these kids about this where common sense would come in if three of us is together and one do something, you would think the other two would walk away, but usually they interact on whatever's occurring that's bad. And that book is very true. Um, if you see a group of kids together, it's more than likely if one do something or two uh, take and steal a car, the other three that's with them are going to jump in instead of saying, oh, I'm not getting in that car. They're getting in. And uh, unfortunately, I think it's part of um, parenting and schooling where um, our kids are just followers. They, I'm going to say they can't think for themselves. They're just they just want to be part of the in crowd, put it that way. They just want to be part of the in crowd. That wouldn't be cool. They'll just walk away and say, oh, I'm not getting in that car. That wouldn't be cool. So that sort of thing occurs a lot. Um, My daughter's a fifth grade teacher, and she really has seen such a change with the kids and, you know, with in that home, you know, with that Zoom teaching. And it, it really, it, I mean, I've heard people to say, though, that kids were A students and now they not even passing it. I mean, they're D's, you know, so it's taking a real toll on the kids. It's going to take, it's going to take quite a bit to get us back on track. I mean, it's not going to be done this year. That's for sure. What do you think would help us get back on track? People like you. <laughs> I, I pull, pull together. 
you know, you guys and and the guardians are actually us getting out there. Um, I think the, it's required that in our communities, uh, such as this one, we need to have the church um, open their doors and come out. Um, we need um, funding. We need so many things in our community here. Um, just as we were speaking of tonight, I have always, ever since that park, before the park actually got there, had a vision of uh, where you put a, you did a mural on normal on that wall there. And there's those two vacant houses. I've always said it would be so nice to have a safe house in the neighborhood. And a safe house would be a house that would be able to get about all this kind of information, literature of anything that's going on around the city. Um, it would be uh, a place not where we would be actually, um, well, a place for mental health. We would have information to give them. I started something years ago where I can find, um, way before COVID, I would get the hand sanitizers and little wipes. And uh, my girlfriend came up with like collecting pocketbooks and we would put lip gloss in the pocketbooks and just give to you know the young ladies walking the street because they it, you could they would be so thankful swinging a pocketbook you know because they still are women you know at the end of the day no matter what they're doing so uh and it would be so thankful for little stuff like that so i think it just even small things like that i think will help make a difference in the city just having people out trying to do something will which is going to make a difference right i I hear you, like a resource center. Um, yes. People know they can go to for lots of different questions or, um, mm -hmm. you know, they can go there and share stories and talk about ideas even. And Absolutely, yes. Maybe look for job postings or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone needs help with something in the neighborhood, it can be posted there. Absolutely. Okay. Um, any other thoughts about COVID? Um, any crazy stories or? Well, I know one thing with COVID. I've heard a few people that have had it, and I, and I almost feel the same way. I don't know. It might be just everything that's going on, but my memory doesn't seem to be nearly as sharp as it used to be. And um, I was recently speaking to one of my church sisters, and she was sharing. She says you're not alone. She says she's talked to someone else and her herself who, who had COVID. Um, she says, literally, it has affect uh, the way she is mentally. She says it takes her longer to remember something or things that she should know. She just don't remember. But um, when you hear people talk about COVID, you don't hear them talk very much about memory loss, but it's a real true thing. 